Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Stofferson here on a uh, frigid, is frigid the word, Tuesday? I think it's, I think it's worse than frigid. Is there a worse, worse, a worse word than frigid? You can't even talk, it's so cold. Yeah, uh, it's like one of those days where cold just isn't like descriptive enough to describe it. I've been, uh, yeah. I've only been outside once so far. And it was mostly just to move a vehicle. And I it was unpleasant, and I did not like it. Well, you guys informed me that the blackout was coming my way. Um, and it apparently stopped, like, a couple houses from me. And then now it's not happening at this moment. So uh, they held the line um, for me. So I appreciate that. Although it's still, like, 60 degrees in my house, which I'm not complaining. It's better than... 20 degrees yeah yeah i mean it, it can always be worse and you know it's uh never been more proven than here today you, could you know what could be worse you could be in this weather watching a playoff game and enjoying yourself kind of even despite the weather because your team's gonna win because they're lining up for a 27 yard field goal and then the guy whose name might be blair walsh uh biffs it like he's never kicked before in his life and you have to walk out in the cold and you suddenly realize it's like negative 25 degrees and i'm not bitter about that still but uh that could be something that could happen to you in the cold but i'm still bitter about it so one of us can be bitter you can uh, you can you can avoid the bitterness i'll i'll carry the bitterness for a long time i'm sure uh you know that's just that's just how i do things but what uh what have you you've been busy i i put you to work i had you make some phone calls here to some 2022 recruits um and to check in with some area guys that have nebraska offers some i think have even been to lincoln here recently uh who who have you been kind of checking in as we turn the page from 2021 which still does have a couple spots left but uh i don't know that there's anything imminent on that <laughs> front and we turn it to 2022, which has all of its spots remaining. No debate about how many spots there actually are exists. Yeah, I, I think most interesting was probably a conversation I had with Caden Crawford, uh, who's a linebacker um, in the Lansing, uh, Kansas area, which is basically Kansas City. And this is a good old-fashioned Midwest recruiting showdown that's brewing because it's got Nebraska – it's got K-State and it's got Iowa. Those are your primary players. Um, and Nebraska's, I mean, it, we can just go by what we hear and how often Nebraska's talking to a kid. And Nebraska's talking to this kid a lot, Caden Crawford. I mean, Eric Chenander texts him daily, according to Crawford. And uh, he's had basically four coaches from Nebraska reach out to him. And this is a linebacker who could get up to, you know, 245 pounds, be a kind of a force it outside backer uh maybe a little bit blaze gunnerson ish i don't know um but uh very interesting prospect in that 500 mile radius and uh this is going to be one to watch because i think it's going to be a tough fight but i also know that caden crawford hasn't forgotten that nebraska was the first school to offer him before anybody else and maybe that'll mean something in the end yeah it's really sort of interesting because i i feel like when I read some of these updates, a lot of these kids are sort of saying the same thing. And there's so many of these linebacker types. I mean, you just have 
a ton of guys, whether it's Jared Batty, Ernest Hausman, Popeye yeah. Williams, Caden Crawford, Janik, um, or, or Jaron Canick, um, Gavin Myers. I mean, there's, there's just so many linebackers, Devin Jackson, Nebraska is, is seemingly recruiting all of them and seemingly putting in the interest, Jimmy Scott in, into all of them. And so I'm going to be very curious one, how many they take, how it sort of shakes out, but it, it's very obvious to me that they've just identified linebacker as that position that they just have to continue to take as many, uh, as many bites of the apple until they finally get that room looking the way they want it to. I wish my name were Popeye Williams. Also, I'll kind of intercept your thoughts right there to just say that. Uh, he would not be the first Popeye athlete that we know of besides the cartoon, right? Like there was that basketball player, Popeye Jones for a while. There was, uh, is Popeye, is Popeye his actual name or is that a nickname? It is unclear based on the only story that I know. <laughs> Fair enough. I shouldn't ask you so much about. Uh, <laughs> you know about his childhood. I don't know you the brought Popeye up. Williams. <laughs> you haven't you haven't dug deep and for the Popeye Williams movie yet. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, the other uh, youngster I talked to, I, I turn forty tomorrow, and it's sort of a life crisis. Um, so I'm not. I'm now call people youngsters. Um, I didn't but, realize that. Yeah, it's it, we don't have to dwell on it or anything, but it's one of those things you're like, nah, that's a bummer. Um, but so you don't forty pieces of advice to us youngsters. No, no, I don't want to give it. I, 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 let's just pretend that it's not happening. You don't have to wish me any birthday greetings tomorrow or anything. Um, so that's fine. You wish the temperature was forty degrees better. Right? <laughs> that that would be a good present. Yeah. I'm going to have, when it does get to 40 degrees, I'm going to have my top down like that. Uh, when Don Draper's like driving, yep. you know, that one scene where he's got top, that's what it's going to be like. I'll have my tie on and be driving with my top down on my Toyota RAV. One of the things that people don't know about you is that you are really well dressed and that even though we work from our, our home, you often just wear a suit and tie. Uh, I think it was inspired by Mad Men. Yes, dress for success. A lot of old fashions here. Uh, just a lot of chain smoking going on. Um, I and if there's anything I learned from Don Draper, it's uh, if if something's not going your way, just sleep it off. That's what he always did in Mad Men. You know, just go find the cot next to you and just sleep it off and see what happens when you wake up. So that's that's a Mad Men lesson. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting when you told Brunson and I that you were gotten very big into uh, mid-century modern furniture. You were <laughs> really trying to, to decorate with that kind of vibe now. So uh, the orange couch is something, Brian. Yeah, well, it, everything comes back, as you know. Um, but the other guy, youngster I talked to was uh, <laughs> Carson. How do you pronounce his last name? I talked to him, but I didn't. Hagerly. I think Carson it's Hagerly. Hagerly. Carson Hagerly. He's from West Fargo, North Dakota. Um, interesting prospect. He's a wide receiver. He plays safety too, but I think most schools look at him as a wide receiver. He's 6'3", 180. And if you watch his tape, Carson Hagerly, go look it up. Pretty good. Uh, he, I mean, he's just, I mean, offense, defense, special teams, he does it all. And he has five offers right now. Most of them are FCS. But what's notable is on January 30th, just about two weeks ago, North Dakota State, where his dad played, offered him. 
And obviously, uh, North Dakota State, FCS, whatever, they've won eight of the last nine national championships. So everybody's like, they know what they're doing up there. And when they offer a guy, um, especially in their backyard, and deem him good enough, um, that catches people's attention. So shortly after that, it sounds like from the brief interview I had that he was starting to get more calls then um, because people are like, okay, we got to pay a little bit of attention here. Nebraska's one of them. Minnesota's been calling them. Iowa State, K-State are also in it. Uh, so another interesting recruiting Midwest one to watch. Now, he hasn't been offered by Nebraska, so I don't want to go too far down the road with it just yet. Right. But, it, I mean, it's one of those interesting, like, I don't know. It's, it's fun seeing these guys' names kind of getting in on their story right about now and then tracking it for the next few months. And who knows? Maybe it'll – Nebraska will be a big part of the story. Maybe they won't. What would be nice is if he could come visit, which he really would like to do. And I think Matt Lubick would like him to do right now. Matt Lubick's getting to know him and they're contacting him. So we'll see where it leads. Yeah. I think that Nebraska has sort of switched up its, its strategy a little bit to where they're kind of doing these early zooms. Like it, and it kind of makes sense, right, Brian? Like they would, they would normally have had an opportunity to get some of these kids to campus see them in person and then they'd make the offer after that and now it feels like they're they're setting up some of these zoom calls and these situations to where then they they get kind of you know uh, a comfortable spot and then they'll make the offer when they're on the zoom that's what they've done mm -hmm. uh, with several kids that i've spoken to here in the last two weeks or so including uh jimmy bear scott who isn't quite sure yet if he wants to go by bear scott or by Jimmy Bear Scott, or just Jimmy Scott. So I'm just going to go. Bear Scott. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But he he declined when I asked if he just wanted to go by Bear Scott. He's like, well, it's still Jimmy Scott, but it, we're getting close. So uh, he is a, a defensive player from New York that really high on Mike Dawson, really liked uh, you know his conversations that he's had with Mike Dawson fits in a lot of that same mold as what you were describing about Caden Crawford and, and Blaze Gunnarsson, where you're talking about a guy that's a little bit heavier that some see as a four, three defensive end. He sees himself as just a pass rusher. He doesn't care if he's standing up. He doesn't care if his hand is in the dirt. He thinks that he's a guy that his job is to get after the quarterback and then help and run support in that order. And so really like coach Dawson uh, likes Nebraska quite a bit, wants to take a visit when he gets that opportunity to, um, and I just feel like there's just a lot of these sort of six foot three to six foot five, 200 to 240 pound uh, outside linebacker types that Nebraska is, is in good communication with. And, and not just, you know, they've, they've made the offer and then they'll double back here and there, like conversation every day type. And so that is going to make it really hard when it comes to projecting out who they're going to end up with because they, they have cast a very wide net. Yeah. Do you think you have to talk it over with your family before you say you're going to go with Bear Scott? Is that something like you have to run by like a parent? I, I kind of wondered if that's what he was he was getting at, that he needed to make sure that it was OK, that his uh, his legal name that he had been bestowed, he was going to mm -hmm. issue for the, the nickname of Bear Scott. And then I wondered where the nickname Bear kind of came from, but I never really got into that conversation with him because I figured I needed another question to have the next time I bother him with a phone call. 
That's a good idea. Yeah. Like if I just started calling myself turtle, you know, like, Hey, call me turtle. And my mom heard that on the radio. She might be like, what's the stink? You know, like what you get, let's run this by me at least. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, turtle is interesting. Cause you'd go from BC, which everybody knows you as to TC. I don't know how you feel about that. The only reason I BC ever became a thing was when I, my past job at the Lincoln Journal star, there was like three or four Brian's that worked there. And so they're like, we can't call you that you have to. So that's where it was just like, what's your initials BC. All right, there you go. So we didn't think too long and hard about it. I wanted T-Bone as a nickname like George Costanza, but BC is what ended up being. Well, I think it's important for you, especially because you have a kind of a long last name. So it, it shortens it down for people. It does help. They don't have to get lost somewhere in the middle of the, you know, the Christophe and then Ursun. So yeah, it's uh, that's helpful. Okay. Now you talk to, uh, you've talked to some other, this is going back a ways, but I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. I like the story you did on the kids from uh, Hayes, Kansas. Yeah. Um, Jaron Canick and, and Gavin Myers. What's, what's, what do you see with that thing? Where, where's, where, where are you kind of, what's your read? They're fascinating to me because I feel like Nebraska would have a really strong chance with Gavin Myers already if they, they were able to have him on campus. But he got his offer right before February. He didn't visit in the first week of March, and then everything got shut down, and, and he wants to come out to visit. Well, his essentially his best friend in, in Hayes, Kansas, a community about the size of Fremont, is this kid, Jaron Canick, and they are the two best athletes in town. And now Nebraska has offered has offered Canick, who could play wide receiver, could play outside linebacker. I think he's one of the most intriguing athletes in the Midwest. Like I just think he has uh, gobs of potential, whether it's with the ball or whether it's on the defensive side of the ball. And then Gavin Myers is sort of like your prototypical inside linebacker that's just big and is going to just swallow up running backs and hammer offensive linemen. And so they they have a real yin and yang going there. And I think they want to play together. And now obviously package deals are always sort of difficult, um, but their options generally come down to Nebraska and Kansas state. And then you throw in, um, you know, there's some other kids at Kansas state's looking at that Nebraska is also looking at, and it just sort of feels like they're going to try to, to, to pick out a couple of these same players um, and, and keep them away from each other. And so I, I you know, if Nebraska is able to get this visit, um, with with Canick and with Myers and they come together which I think is the plan in May I think that could really really help them and both of those guys are, are just good players and they, they come from again a, a town the size of Fremont but nowhere near you know Fremont's proximity to Omaha uh, is helpful in that regard Hayes is is out there I mean it is it is in the part of Kansas that people don't spend a lot of time let's just put it that way it's so, like a Truman Capote line Hayes is a little town that some would call out there. It's how uh, In Cold Blood begins, except it's Holcomb, of course. But Yeah, so it, it's a uh, it's a unique kind of deal with that recruitment. So that's one that I, that I definitely am keeping an eye on. But like I said, there's just so many of these different guys. Like Jared Batty is still hearing from Nebraska every single day, and he feels like he is an absolute priority with this staff. And then – like I said, Steve Wolfong just dropped that story about Popeye Williams. I just talked about Jimmy Scott. So trying to figure out exactly how it's going to go with these linebackers is relatively difficult. And, and that's not obviously the only position that they're recruiting. Nebraska offered a quarterback last week. 
in Connor Harrell from Alabama. He really, really productive quarterback since Nebraska offered. I believe Virginia Tech has come in and offered him as well. He's not rated yet by 24-7 sports. Uh, and he was pretty intrigued by the Huskers in, in kind of the short conversation I had with him too. Jordan Allen's a defensive back from Louisiana. He's hearing from Nebraska and Travis Fisher all the time, a little bit from Eric Shenander. Um, he is uh, a guy that, you know, just kind of fits uh, the Fisher mold of about six foot. He's thick. He looks like he just can hit people and he absolutely loves the game of football. I mean, so he, I, I would imagine if you're in Nebraska, you're just showing them film of Cam Taylor Britt because they're sort of similarly sized uh, from, from high school points. So I, I, I know Nebraska is just going to be busy uh, with, with doing as many of these Zoom calls as they can. And I, I think they've done a pretty nice job considering you're still a good two months away from even considering having people on campus. Yeah. An interesting thing, Caden Crawford was talking about this. People kind of probably wonder how those virtual visits go and stuff. And Caden Crawford, the linebacker out of Lansing, Kansas, has done like five of those uh, with Nebraska. And they're all different, which, I mean, obviously makes sense. But people, just to get to the specifics of what goes on, like one of them would be with like Zach Duvall, and then one will be with the academic person. And so they kind of split it up, so it gives them something – different to talk about each time. And he said, there's always new information that's useful to him. And so uh, it'll be interesting as if we get to more normal times recruiting, if, if how zoom and technology is used, if it is continued to be used, you know, like it is, you know, I, I think it, I think there's a place for it. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that entirely. I, I think that Nebraska would be wise to continue doing these Zoom things because you can create an even stronger bond before these kids even get onto campus, and that's that's really important. So then obviously some of it relates to you just have more time because you're not doing as much, but uh, we will see how that holds up. All right, Brian, let's take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, let's welcome in our colleague, Michael Brunson. We are going to dive into Nebraska basketball which is undefeated in their last one game. And we have two games coming up here, Maryland Tuesday and Wednesday night. And so we'll get Michael Brunson's thoughts on Husker basketball and what they have been doing as of late. So stick around. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome back to the Husker 24-7 podcast. We are now joined by Michael Brunts. Brunts, Nebraska basketball has a win. What did that moment look like to you on Sunday? 
it was, I mean, that was pretty much like the most Nebraska basketball way to end the streak, right? Like you had Not scoring for eight minutes and then one basket. Yeah. Just like looking just probably the best that you've looked in the last couple of months on offense for about 30 minutes of the game. Uh, just completely uh, going in a shell offensively for eight minutes and then mad scramble leads to Teddy Allen hitting a runner. And then Nebraska manages to hold on and go sprinting out of the Bryce Jordan center. That's the way that you draw it up. Which is a place but that they never win at, by the way. It's been a long time. Um, and, you know, I have to say too, the Bryce Jordan center, they had the fake crowd music turned up to 11 and they were really mixing in the the uh, the, Nittany, the Nittany Lion power cat growl too um, at opportune times. So it was a it was a it was a tough place to play. I think. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess here's my question for you guys, because I mean the the question now is where do they go from here? So we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Nebraska has a game tonight and then a getaway game getaway day game tomorrow uh, against Maryland as well. <laughs> and so I guess, where do they build? Can they build on this? Cause Maryland played really well against Minnesota on Sunday. They've been kind of up and down all season, more or less. I mean, they're 11 and 10 overall, I think five and nine in the big 10, somewhere around there. So. Um, oh, go ahead. I was just say, so where do they go? That's well, my question. I, I was just going to say the one thing that you can say about Nebraska since they've restarted is that their defense has made it difficult for teams to score. And so they have at least one thing that they're hanging their hat on right now, and that's they're playing really good defensive basketball. Um, and that sounds odd because at times they, they sort of struggled getting stops. But I think some of that can be contributed to – the, the difference it is when you have Eduardo Andre and, and Derek Walker playing post for you. I mean, I thought, I thought Walker was really good on Friday night against Illinois. I thought he was good again on what Sunday, Sunday against Penn state. I mean, he had the, he had the key stop. Uh, he, you know, he's not putting up insane numbers by any means, but basically since his return, I mean, he has, six blocks he's grabbed at least four rebounds in every game he had eight against illinois six against wisconsin uh he has five steals like he's just playing really good defensive basketball which is something that nebraska has not had in the post coming into this kind of stretch you know or going into the shutdown and and a large part of that was walker hadn't been allowed to play and so it, it kind of changes how you feel about this team a little bit they get their legs under them. You know, they, they have to grind out this stretch, but they're getting a guy now in, in Walker that kind of changes some of the areas where they were really bad at the beginning of the year. Here's where, where he really helps, in my opinion. So aside from the defensive stuff, it's, it's obvious that when he's on the floor, there's an understanding, an advanced understanding of the two-man game. And – you can get him the ball at the top of the key and he's going to make a good decision. You can cut off of that. And I mean, I've noticed the last couple of games that Nebraska has done that more and more is get him the ball in, in places where he can kind of facilitate for other people. 
and and the other the other thing that I think you know may, maybe the the cause and effect that gets lost and lost in him being out there is by him playing the five, you've moved Lat Mayan to the to the four. And if you look at the games that Lat has played since Derek Walker has been back, in those six games, he's averaging 12 points. He's shooting 46% from the floor. He's grabbing five rebounds a game. Prior to that, it was five point five point five points, and he was shooting 31% from the floor. So his numbers have improved while he's also, he was one of the last guys to get COVID uh, before they came back. And so he's kind of been working his way back from that too, but it's, you know, Derek Walker has been really key on offense for Nebraska as as bad as they've looked whenever they've looked really good um, in small stretches. I think a lot of that has been because of of his decision-making the fact that he's at least a threat to finish around the rim. And, and also what he allows other guys to do off of him. He works his butt off, too. I mean, he just, he's one of those guys, like that Illinois game, you're going against a guy who um, basically treats the rim like a, a nerf rim. And, yeah, he got his dunks, but I just thought Derek Walker in that game especially just was, like, fighting his tail off. Yeah, you made Kobe Coburn work hard. I mean, yeah. and, and I felt like Coburn could have had so many more points and Illinois wasn't particularly smart about it but walker was making him work when he got the ball on the block and i'm also big on the eduardo andre stock right now um i just like i know he's got to bulk up and all that uh but it's fun it's nice to watch a big man who's fluid you know he's got like fluidity when he's out there like you feel like he uh the ball goes through him and uh it's not like uh, oh i gotta i gotta get rid of this thing like a hot potato he just looks comfortable like in the offense and he makes pretty good decisions and hustles and i just am encouraged by like the beginnings of what is happening with him um and obviously as brunt said you know lat mayan um but he had five double figure games before the penn state one the kind of amazing thing is they won that game despite him only having two points yeah you know against penn state so uh that that's sort of an upset that that would happen. The, the other thing that, that I do, I've, I've been waiting on and I've been surprised it hasn't happened yet is Nebraska hasn't had one of those just dud games where they look completely tired and they have every reason to, I mean, maybe a little bit of the offensive issues in the second half against Penn state might've been due to that, but you know, it, it's, I've kind of expected, you know, one of these nights Nebraska's in and just run out of the gym, like a lot of these teams have coming off of, of COVID breaks. And to their credit, they haven't done that. So, you know, I I, I feel like, you know, there, there's a chance maybe uh, if you play well offensively, you get one of the two against Maryland. Uh, maybe you catch them with their fifth starter in there on, on Wednesday or something on on, uh, on, on the second, second day. But um, – I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, you, you don't want to make too much out of a, you know, win over Penn State, but I mean, that was Nebraska's first Big Ten road win in like three years. And, you know, it, it's, I, I think it, when we start asking big picture questions about the direction of this program and, you know, you've got former players coming out and saying that they see, you know, things wrong with that, that, that are alarming to them. I, I think it's, it bodes well for the staff, at least, that, that the players are still playing really hard for them when they pretty much had every reason to not at this point. 
There's only yeah. one game where they got ran out of the gym in the Big Ten. The Ohio State game. I mean, every other game, um, I'm, not every game has gone down to the last possession by any means, but you felt like there were times within every other game in the Big Ten where Nebraska was at least kind of in it or hanging around. Uh, so, and I think Hoiberg mentioned that this week, and he's right. I mean, that's that's something that you've got to give them credit for considering the schedule that they've been dealt. I think with these two games against Maryland, um, it feels like to me there's going to be one opportunity of those two where they are in it and they're just going to have to maximize in that moment and not give away. You know, their, their problem in some of these close games um, is that they'll just go for these stretches where they'll give away like four possessions in a row with a little casual basketball or something silly. They did that against Wisconsin last week at the game I was covering where they're in position and then they just have like two or three minutes where they don't even get a shot up. And that, that, you know, so when they're in it, when they have a chance against Maryland, and I think one of those games, they'll have a shot, they'll be in it. They can't have that stretch uh, where they just give away possessions without even getting anything up, up at the rim. So we'll see. What do you, uh, what do you make of Teddy Allen's play since kind of he sat out that Minnesota game, Brunts? I think the last couple games, um, you, you've seen fewer of those moments where when the ball's coming up the court, um, you, you, you know Teddy's going to shoot. Like, you can just see it. Um, you know, the, the play, um, you know, at the end of regulation against Illinois um, seemed like he was kind of not on the same page as everybody else. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like that was kind of where the, the disconnect was. Um, but I, I think he's playing a little bit more unselfishly, which I, I think if he can do that um, and, and kind of hunt his shot where it makes sense, I, I think that's a good mix for him. Um, you know, I, I think where, you know, Nebraska runs into issues are, you know, where he's trying to work his way through a, a bad stretch and, and the offense just kind of grinds to a halt. So, you know, I, I think if he can make a few more nice passes, set guys up like he did against Penn State, I think that's kind of where they need him to be. So we'll see if that continues. It's it's game to game. I mean, that, that's but that's how Teddy's always been. Do you have any concern that Delano Banton hasn't had a double-digit game since the restart? And basically, I mean, in Big Ten play, he had 15 against Michigan, 17 against – or excuse me, 17 against Michigan, 15 against Wisconsin, struggled against Ohio State. Uh, and then basically just kind of hasn't had much in terms of scoring. His shooting percentage has been pretty down. He did finish with 50% against Penn State on Sunday, but I, I feel like they, they need to get a little more. Not He doesn't have to score 20, but they, they need a little bit more from a guy that's playing 30-plus minutes a game from him. They do. I mean, it, you look at what his shooting percentage has been, especially from range. I mean, it, it hasn't been good. Um and, and that's an area where, you know, I, I think he needs to obviously improve. It seems to me, too, like I, I would need to dig into this a little bit more, but it seems like they're running the offense a little bit more through Trey McGowan's now um, than what they were at, at the start of the season. And I do kind of wonder if that's part of the, the reason that his production has declined a little bit because it seemed like before where it was just Delano putting his head down and, and getting to the rim um, and, and using that, that range. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, the, they got to find a way to get him going. Um, 
and, and, and to get some buckets at the rim just because I, I just don't know that he's consistent enough to, you know, rely upon as, you know, an, an outside shooter. So, yeah. And, and maybe too, you know, that that's, maybe that's not a bad thing because, you know, when Fred Hoiberg kind of talks about guys just putting their head down and going to the rim, I mean, there's a few guys that are a little bit more guilty of that than others on this team. And, and, and Banton's one of those. Well, McGowan's is too. I mean, they, they need him to, to be more efficient with that because uh, he's had kind of similar struggles, but you have to get offense where you can get offense. And so um, it, it's been, been really sort of interesting watching them play in these games because they are just grinding teams defensively, which is just not the style that I thought we were going to see at a Nebraska. Yeah. The, the, it looks the last couple games, it's looked very much more like you would expect from like a doc Sadler team. Than a yeah. team. And he's, he's not even on the trip. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, he was front and center um, at at home against Illinois the other night, and that 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 I think they deserve a lot of credit for keeping that game closer and ha- at least having a shot to win. Because I mean, you you're playing against two lottery picks, two lottery picks, and you know a, a center that you know is as dominant as I can remember seeing uh, come through Lincoln in quite a while. So. Um, you know, apologies to Isaac Haas there, but I, I thought, you know, Kofi mm-hmm. Coburn's one of the best I've seen. <laughs> what about, the, what about the commit Brunts? Tell us about him. Yeah. Yeah. Brunts. Yeah. Win, Brunts. Come on. You win games and, and you start the commits just start rolling in. Um, so Nebraska on Monday picked up a commitment from uh, Blaze Keita. He's a 2022 junior college uh, center at Coffeyville junior college down in Kansas. Uh, he's originally from Mali, played his high school ball at Sunrise Christian um, in Wichita and did not qualify. He did a, uh, a grad tr- or a grad year too. So he's actually older than Ivan Drago um, right now, which is kind of remarkable. But, um, you know, talking to guys down at Coffeeville, what he brings to the floor is more of a kind of what you'd expect from a, a traditional big 10 big. He's got a seven foot one wingspan. He's averaging 12.1 and 8.1 uh, so far this season through seven or eight games. And I was talking to their head coach down there and I, you know, Nebraska had been on him since he basically went to the junior college ranks, Nebraska and Minnesota were the two that were kind of hot and heavy there. And a lot of schools were starting to get in and they said, basically if, if if the recruitment would have gone on for, you know, another few months, you would have had, you know, really big time programs in there trying to recruit him. And, and that was kind of already starting. So, um, you know, it's, it's an early Juco commitment, but a, a guy who is comfortable scoring as you would expect kind of a traditional post to his coach told me that he's good to out to about 15 uh, feet right now. Um, they're hoping to, to maybe get him out closer to the three point line by the time he's done there. And uh, just uh, it seems like a, a good get and a guy that, you know, is going to be able to help Nebraska right away, which is what you want out of the junior college ranks. And this is this is 2022. So he wouldn't actually be here for a full another year, basically. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, he was a non-qualifier out of that prep school um, year. So he's got to do two years in, in JUCO. Okay. You know, you know who else came out of Coffeeville? Mike Rogier. That's, that's true. It's uh 
It's, it, there's not much down there. <laughs> That's polite. From what I could see. Uh, just looking. We're taking some real shots at the state of Kansas. Today. We, yeah, we talked about Kansas in the first segment quite a bit. I don't know if we were taking shots. We were just talking about places that are out there. Oh, Kansas. you guys talking about Hayes? Yeah. We talked some Hayes. Yeah. Garden City's out there, too. It's not, uh, it's not the edge of the earth, but you can see it from there. Yeah, well, you can see Dodge City, which means you can go to Boot Hill Casino, you know, so that's something. All good things. Mike Rogier ran for 1,157 yards in nine games at Coffeyville in one season. The, so, so Coffeyville's basketball team, they're, they're number five in the junior college ranks right now. And, you know, actually, they, they see some pretty good talent down there. So, um, you know, that, that was one thing his coach kind of said was, you know, look, it, it's not like he's, you know, putting up these numbers against guys that, that aren't going to be, you know, major type players down the road. I mean, the, the level of competition is high. This kid's played internationally uh, in the under 19 uh, world tournament. So uh, he, he's got experience against some pretty good players. And uh, I don't know, it, it was kind of an off the radar get, but I, I think it's, you know, when you kind of dig into it a little bit more, it, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And especially given kind of how Nebraska's roster is currently constructed. Nebraska's had a couple guys from the, the, Jayhawk conference for basketball, right? Like Caleb Walker was um, the uh, the little guard from Central, whose name I am completely forgetting. Deverell Biggs. Deverell Biggs was from somewhere down there. Was Leslie Smith from down there as well? He was. That was a, that's a deep cut. Was that? That's a deep cut, Leslie Smith. Yeah, well, you know me, so – uh, I guess, I guess, uh, Deverell Biggs was at Seward County, which I don't even know where that is. Uh, I, I want to say that's, um, that's a good question. I, I want to, I was trying to remember if Danny Nee's son was a, a coach down in the, in the Jayhawk league for a long time. And I can't remember, um, if he was there whenever Biggs and those guys were there, but. Yeah, Smith was also um, at Seward County as well. Yeah, there you go. So that's your uh, that's your Leslie Smith update of the week. <laughs> we will check in to see how life is going for him in the Virgin Islands next week. Hopefully, his knees are okay. He had bad knees. He did have some bad knees. He his injury, I think, really ruined their 2014-15 season. You want to talk about a two-man game. Terran Petaway and Leslie Smith ran that really well in 13-14. Yeah, they did. All right. Well, uh, any closing thoughts for anybody here? Nope. Uh, I, I, didn't, I wasn't there for the first part. I'm, I'm sorry you guys went so hard in the paint on Kansas. That's unfortunate. Well, we, uh, we did what we had to do. We talked about Lansing, Kansas, Hayes, Kansas, Holcomb, Kansas. So we covered some ground. Do you have a favorite town in Kansas, Bronx? You big Lawrence guy? You strike me as a big Lawrence guy. Uh, I prefer Lawrence to Manhattan. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I really have a favorite. I've spent some time in Topeka, enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Um, you hang out at the Capitol Journal? No, I didn't. Um, 
I had several railroad accounts in Kansas, so I spent quite a bit of time there. It's uh, I'm sure you've got some good stories. You've always got some good stories about going riding the rails. <laughs> I did not actually ride the rails, despite the fact that that would have been much better for the content. Here's a final thought for you. Ready? Yes. So it's temperature Tuesday at Runza, and apparently at the uh, 40th and Randolph location here in Lincoln, according to the police scanner, somebody's throwing rocks at the drive-through. So, <laughs> oh man, um, stay safe out there, everybody. Stay safe. So not a good look for 40th and Randolph, which is blessed to have a random Runza in their neighborhood to begin with. That's a tough location to get in and out of. I'd probably throw rocks if I were stuck in traffic too. <laughs> Today's Twitter poll: What restaurant would you throw rocks in their drive-through of? Temperature yep. Tuesday was a was a rough day. That was going on back when I was there, and Run that was, stories with BC. Yes. Well, no, I'm not going to go far with it, but I mean oh. that that was that was a day where when you clocked in, you better have your A game because it was going to be nonstop. Um, the whole time you remember when Popeye's unveiled their chicken sandwich and there was like pictures of like people hanging out like they were just like worn down that were working there they like couldn't take it anymore that could be the folks working at runs of today a couple couple things first I really wish that you would have started that story about when you worked at Runza with back when I was kicking ass uh, <laughs> secondly um I have a theory that when it gets really cold like this on temperature Tuesday, that runs or really kicks up the amount of cabbage that they put in those things relative to the hamburger. Is that true or false? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't want to, I don't want to raise something like that into the conversation. Um, I don't, I don't know that they, they were, they were made before and I just knew how to wrap them. I think they did that as a halftime event at Husker games for a while, right? Where people would wrap runs. I would do really well at that because I it was I was a pro, but I as far as like actually making them that was that was above my pay grade. I was back with the fries and I was working the drive through. BC, was, this is amazing. We need to contact Huskers dot uh, com and and their event people, and we could you could be like the the freeze in Atlanta that would like run and run down <laughs> people. But you could be wrapping runzas and people would challenge you each. This is better than 90% of the halftime shows they do. Yeah. The guy who stands on chairs is out no, now. No. He's out. He's been no replaced. He's Slatic ever again. <laughs> I don't dislike him as much as you do. But, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that could be something. I don't want to, I don't, I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but I think I would do pretty well. Um, I worked on the one at a, was it 108th and what was it? Like a near Fort Street between, that was the runs I worked at. Okay. Well, do you. Still there. Still there. Do you ever stop in and get yourself some frings and let the guy know at the counter that you invented them in 1997? <laughs> no. Back when I was I... kicking ass, we had a lot more onion rings in these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I haven't been there in a long time, um, so I'll have to I'll have to journey back and, and let them know what's up. All right, well we're get us out of here, please. We're fresh out of things uh, <laughs> to talk about. We're gonna take a break. We'll come back on Thursday with another podcast. Uh, we'll probably get back to position groups at some point. We still need to figure out which ones have to be covered. Uh, <laughs> we'll, 
We'll be back with more podcasts, more content. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7. Crystal Ball Day is coming up. That's a thing. So be sure to check that out at Husker 24-7 as well. We'll catch you on Thursday. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.